When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One, two, three. <laughs> and now, everybody, MC Search. MC Search. MC Search. Really, really excited to have this uh, young man, this stallion. Uh, <laughs> been a fan uh, watching not only the show, but um, also him playing a very interesting character on Ozark. I'm going to ask him about that. More thugged out, maybe, than he is on power. Ladies and gentlemen, Joseph Secor is in the building. Yo, good to be here, Serge. Pleasure, man. How far back in hip-hop do you go for real? Because you look like you're like 15 years old. That's Can so we... grateful. I, I mean, I'm so grateful for you to say that. I, I, uh, I'm i 45, so I started, I can't even remember when um, my friend Chris Bells um, in Chicago brought home, because he went to Disney Magnet, and he's just like, you know, uh, he brought it home. I think it was uh, um, Fear of a Black Planet, and because I just remember the horn. And I just, <laughs> he's just like, yo, this is the future. And I was like, I listened to it, and it, it blew me away. That I was, and I could tell like this is the birth of something. And he also said to me, he said, um, "Yo, you know tagging?" And I was like, "No, what's that?" He's like, "You know graffiti?" I'm like, "Yeah." He goes, "We're gonna be graffiti writers. We gotta choose names." I'm like, "All right." He goes, "Here, here's a mean streak. All right." And I got this Sakura marker. It's like we're gonna go write our names. And then so we go out. We're in the neighborhood a little bit. He's like, "No, no, not in our neighborhood." other people's neighborhoods right, so we gotta it right. gotta go and that's one of my favorite things about um third base but it was any kind of hip-hop but like when you you know i had a marker in my jacket to tag of where i went because i was just a product the environment wow dropping lyrics already early on i need to have shots fired on but that. man i gotta tell you like that it made such a difference to us because you guys who are not much older than us probably you know five six years but to us or that's, 10 oh, that's, it's, it's fine it's like the gener but it's that's that next you know the earlier generation and for us we're like yo third base no they're there and then of course it's right in your face krs1 of course he wrote krs1 but you're like yo like every in hip-hop that was like a writer it was so big for us who were also writers it was like a big you know a big huge thing that was like this incorporative thing like you know it was like hip-hop was inclusive yeah it definitely was and and i'm hoping that um they bring in your black book i brought you a black book and some markers oh boy all right as, i'll get as, down i'm I, that's what i'm waiting on i sent somebody to pearl paint to like well, they're supposed to boost it, but not give them my yeah, credit exactly. card. So um, they will they will bring a black book and a marker. Mm -hmm. So you can tag up right here. Nice. Um, I want to go back to, uh, obviously, Chicago. Um, my friend Scotty B would be really mad at me if I didn't go Chicago. Hello. Hello. Um, but what was it like growing up being an East, uh, an East Coast hip-hop head in Chicago? Because I remember Chicago being, you know, the Midwest. 
So you had, you know, Crucial Conflict early on. You had Do or Die. You had Twista. Twista. You know. Um, so there was really a very strange kind of space where George's music, when you went to George's music, there was like the East Coast section was like way over to the left. You know, and you had like all the West Coast and the Midwest stuff. You know, it's interesting. I feel like most of us, and I, I mean, white, black, Latin, we almost everybody that I knew listened to East Coast hip hop. And I think that Chicago, because it was, it's the Midwest, but it was more like, there was like the lake people, you know, like it was like Milwaukee, Chicago, Detroit, uh, Cleveland, Buffalo, New York. It was like a different thing than the Midwest, like corn, Iowa, you know, downstate type right, stuff. Right. It was just different. Not that there's anything wrong with any of that stuff, but it was like, the, and I think that it was just also because of graffiti. It was more like, that's, th that's our roots. That's where we come from as graffiti writers or whatever, or, you know, like it's, it was kind of our evolu hip hop evolution. Then you follow your roots back there. And there was West coast bands that I, I was cool with. Like, I mean, I liked, um, like Diggable Planets and, um, uh, you know, Dell, the Funky Homo Sapiens, some of those guys, DOC, Texas, whatever, you know, uh, uh, Snoop when he came out, NWA stuff, blah, 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 blah. But it was, it was almost like that was further away from like, I don't know. I didn't, it, I just rocked with the East coast style stuff and just felt like that's where I fit in more. And I think that was just like I was saying, it was such an inclusive feeling at that time with like third base and EPMD and, um, uh, De La Soul Tribe, all of that Jungle Brothers stuff. It was like, you know, KMD. It's like, that's, wow. And it was more of that vibe of like, you belong. Like, you can do whatever the fuck. Like, do I, I don't know if I belong. Who, who gives a fuck? There's no rules. Right. You know? And there's one thing that I think makes people lean towards East Coast hip hop is graffiti. What was your graffiti name? What'd you tag? I, I don't I don't I'm I'll leave that out. My I'll tell my graffiti crew though. My graffiti crew is J4F just Wait, for fun. Wait, why we why will you leave out your tag name? Like is there a reason? Is there I a still, warrant? Is no, there, no, no, there's not still a warrant. I'm still a knucklehead. I mean, I still put it up. I still I, That's dope. Yeah. So why are you it, listen, there's nobody listening. The, I only have like 4 million listeners. My so favorite, don't worry about it. My fa 4 million. That's more than No, uh, there's that. nobody listening. It's just me and you. We're just talking. Right. But the one of the funniest parts was that I love that you're just totally like not going to tell me your tag name. Yeah. because you're still out bombing that's yeah. fucking incredible <laughs> it's like joseph sakura on the humble bombing the six trains i just it's amazing the, the six the four five the f <laughs> i'm done good night this is the, the whole interview is done i'm about to leave and go bombing yeah i'm right not now. i'm not rocking anything but i am throwing up tags here and there and it is still i still i can't sometimes i can't believe myself i'm like what am i doing here wait so you so you're like going to dinner with your wife, let's say. You're walking up wherever. I'm not even going to mention a block because I don't want the graffiti like, police out following. Wait, what are I'm you looking for? I'm just trying to think. I'm like, I know that I had this backpack with me the other day. And I'm trying to think. I think it was like a like a big red Sharpie marker. I like, I, here it is. Like I pulled it on. Like, <laughs> let me just let me just like. I'm done. I'm literally, so I've, you'll ha be going I've down had my wife like. Cobble Hill. You're going down Cobble Hill in Brooklyn, right? I, oh, I now blew your whole spot up. The graffiti police are on you right yeah, now. Yeah, right. Listen, I got, I'm it's just saying, rare that I'm tagging in Brooklyn, though. It's mainly when, mainly when I come to the city. Like, I got to say, like, I, I was on the Bowery the other day and I was like, oh, man, this is, look, look at all these tags right here. I'm like, let me, let me just put up right here. Like, this is fun. And yo, you my know, wife will just be like rolling her eyes, like, honey, you know, I'm, you know, what are you doing? They're like, and the fest is, everybody that's ever seen me, when I don't have a mask on, it's like people will be like, that Tommy from Power right now, man? <laughs> 
you and I are going to go to dinner mm-hmm. with your wife and my wife mm-hmm. because they're going to that will be the two knuckleheads and my wife and your wife will be like really yeah <laughs> you're married to a knucklehead yeah. like me too because <laughs> yeah. yo I to this day like I'll catch a search tag mm-hmm. like I will and I'm I am the biggest knucklehead like I I don't know when I'm gonna stop being a knucklehead mm-hmm. but I'm that knucklehead that I'll catch a search tag on a train when like on nobody's looking I'm like wait is that let me just grab this magnum real quick mm-hmm. bah, 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 mm-hmm. and I'm out right that's amazing. I, so, just for fun, is the name of your, is that's it's, it's my crew. crew? And we we came out in 1990, but it was uh you know we had all everybody in that crew had been writing before 1990, and it's interesting too because uh, Chicago graffiti is very much reflective of gang culture in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So the um, it's. You know, it's still kind of like regular, like New York in the style of like, you know, a a throw goes over a tag, a silver goes over a throw up, a piece goes over a silver. And that whole thing, like, you know, fucking scratches, fuck that bullshit. You know, marker tags are more important than scratches, but scratch however you want to get up. Anything goes over a fucking sticker. But in Chicago, the rules of gangbanging applied. And it's like you would never write your name backwards. You'd never write your name upside down. You would never, uh, you you know, sometimes New Yorkers would always have these cool tees, but if they look too much like pitchforks, you're not doing that in Chicago. You're not doing anything that looks like a gang symbol until the early 90s when a guy from the South Bronx named uh, Freddie Sepulveda, who wrote Fat Fred, Fred from THC Crew, came to Chicago and he was uh, going to the Art Institute and uh, big ups, Fred, if you're listening, you and Rhino, South Bronx, uh, but uh he basically told us, he's like, yo, you don't have to follow that bullshit. He's like, check this out. He's like, look at people, like, go back to the even the 80s, early 80s. Look at these early New York writers. Like, you guys are missing it. Write your name any way you want. You don't have to, this isn't gang banging. You don't have to go into, like, a, a crew. He's like, you know, reporting. We would report to the leader of our crew. Our crew, like, our crew wow, literally had- real structure. Structure. Nor, like, he literally, for me to get in the crew first, I had to do a tag on every station from Howard- uh, to uh, to 95th Street, every station. That's a lot of states. Twenty something, you know, plus. And he's like, I got every time I go past the station, I got to see your name here. And then when when it was over, it was like, all right, you're got to take Irving down to here. Then the guys are on the near south side. You're gonna take like 20 24th and Oakley. You got to go all the way up and over to Western. I want to see like tags in here and then blah blah blah. And then just warring and battling. And it really, you got to know the city pretty damn well. <laughs> I mean, that's incredible. But what I really respect about you is you're not a fan you're really not you're mm. you're a member of the culture uh that's man i appreciate you know saying? saying that and yeah. that and, th- and you can tell the difference like there there are certain actors and certain athletes and certain influencers that you meet and they have you know they have the understanding of what the culture is right and they have mm. the understanding of what the implication of the culture is right so I get a certain status because I know the difference between Big Daddy Kane and KRS, right? <laughs> but they can't tell you the first KRS record or they can't tell you the first Kane record. They just kind of understand it, right? And when you start to kind of peel away the onion, you can see that they're fans only on a certain level, right? It's very different right. in talking to you. You are. You see how that culture. sounds? A little irrational. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. A lot of MCs would like to use the word. <laughs> Dramatical. Dramatical. I think, I think that is it. That's dramatic? very, no, right? very Shakespearean. Very, very Shakespearean. But um, it's really, it's really, it puts things in context also for your character a lot too. Because I was reading when I was um, 
and I don't want to say investigating because that sounds too police. But when I was doing my research on you, you know, when you were talking about, you know, the whole thing for you reading for Tommy, um, you had to like, I think it was like four or five times he had to go back. Five times, yep. And then eventually you're like, yo, fuck this. They're going to fucking get some like blue haired blonde fucking retard to do this shit. And I don't mind saying that word because it's the same way I understand and appreciate what that word is. I'm not talking about people who are mentally challenged. Right. I don't have you a know. four finger ring. So exactly I'm, right. I'm maybe I'm right. Sense. Exactly right. Um, Brooklyn <laughs> Queens reference for all those uninitiated. But you really kind of saw it as like, okay, if this is going to be like Fugazi, like I don't want to really be a part of it. Like you really. Well, it wasn't so much that. It was almost like. It wasn't wasn't say oh if it's gonna be like this as you know I don't want to be a part of it. It was more like I was just being negative, and I think that there's a certain jadedness that you can kind of build up over the years of Hollywood, and I think that that jadedness comes from actual events that happen most of the time. I think that Hollywood does get it wrong uh, often. I think they're getting it more right uh, now, and, and by getting it wrong, I think that they often uh, admire uh, maybe looks over. Um, uh, what the or looks over reality and um uh maybe now they're getting more followers over talent or something like that i think that that's often it's just it's hollywood is not a risky place it's not a place oh, definitely that, not to take risks so i felt like i would be the riskier choice because i never fit i never totally fit in to a mold like i was fine looking not great looking i was like my my manager from the bronx who I love, uh, who's a great lady, uh, Myrna, Myrna Jacoby, give you some love. She said, uh, she goes, I said- And she's a member of the tribe, obviously. There you go, yeah. Jacoby and Myers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> she said, I, she goes, uh, I said, well, how come I'm not getting this? How come I'm not getting that? She goes, one of the problems is, you know, you look at your picture and they think they're getting white bread. You open your mouth and they're getting pumpernickel. Oh my God, I love her. Yeah, I love, I love you. I love you, Ma. I love you wherever you are. You get extra, extra. You and a plus one at any fucking club I go to. You're she, on the list. She also said my other favorite quote is, "Is I said, oh, come on, I said, blah blah blah. I said I'm good looking. She goes, okay, look, let's well, let's be honest. You're a seven, but you're sexy as a ten. <laughs> She's a grand finale type bonus, <laughs> yeah. and she is the one I would call the microphonist. Um, so. It was so it was more about like the jaded part, not so much, you know, like I, I just felt, oh, you know, if they're getting it wrong, they're going to get it wrong. Who who cares? I, I'm going to just go in there and do do what I do. Do me. I just felt like they would probably not cast me because I would be the riskier choice. Um, but it doesn't seem that you would be riskier for power. It would be like to me, it would almost be like method acting, if anything. Like and, and what I mean by that, again, for people who are uninitiated. Method means it, it fits into the character of who you truly are, right? Mm -hmm. Like it, you're pulling from actual experiences. You know, Tommy's character is not as complex as, let's say, you know, the O'Connor character from Ozark, which to me is really a more skilled way you went about approaching that character. And we can talk about Ozark in a minute. But, you know, Tommy has a lot of layers that still kind of evolve into you know all i need is liquor and weed kind of scenario right like mm -hmm. you know he's and there's a lot of complication to that right but if you don't know the culture you're lost in that character i mean mm -hmm. am i right or i mean how do you feel well, about uh, yeah i mean not to keep quoting stuff but it's like I, it makes me think of another krs like if you know where i come from if you're soft you're lost to stay on course you got to roll with force and i'm just like that's tommy right 
You can't, he can't be soft. And I think that one of the things is that I think people can relate to that um, across the board is that he can't be soft ever, right? Until he's in their own private little space. But we got to see him when he was alone or with Holly or something and he just loses it and he's crying like a little child because everybody does that, right. everybody. That's so exactly right. we got to see it, you know? So we got to see kind of this full character. And I, I was really happy that the writers did that. And Courtney Kemp, uh, uh, who wrote the show and Gary Lennon, who really primarily wrote the Tommy character, both the exceptional writers to both of them. And I'm really grateful to both of them. When you were sitting down with them and you were kind of going through, let's say, a table read, what was it like, you know, kind of filling in the gaps, if you will, in certain episodes? Were you, you know, were you was it a much more inviting scenario or were you just trusting the written word? Um, I trusted 50 Cent a lot with anything that I had a question about, like, because I was never moving copious amounts of powder. And I was like, so fifth, when I'm doing this, and he was always available. And he would even be like, yeah, I never moved that much weight. <laughs> but like, this is what this is like. And this is what this. And Fifth was just, he's the most open, exceptional boss. When I first met 50 Cent, he hugged me. And I was like, yo, Fifth. And he was just like, I'm, I can't believe we got you. We we're going to be great. And then after the the first season came out, he was just like, look, you're, you're, this is going to get you big. This is this is it. But you're only going to be called Tommy. Nobody's going to call you by your real name. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah. So don't don't look for it. Because the thing is, is that in 10 years, when you win your Oscar, they're going to be like, yeah, you didn't see that one where Tommy plays the doctor? <laughs> he goes, so don't worry about it. But right. that's how it's going to be. It's like, it's, it's going to be, you know, it's your scar face. So embrace it. And so I feel like I really, you know, I really have. And I always feel like there, I wouldn't. When people are like, oh, you should be nominated for this award. And I, I'm always grateful when people say that. It's very generous. But I don't need an award because I got accepted for the role I played so much that it was like, you know, that's that's it. It was just I was accepted as as Tommy. And I think that that's the biggest award you could possibly win. And it's also, you know, there's this validation versus appropriation when it comes to white guys in hip hop. right? Mm. Like there's <clears throat> there's this love that you want to have for the culture but you want the culture to love you back, right? And there's very few people who are white who can get love from the black community because of a level of authenticity, right? Either you buy in or you opt in, right? Mm -hmm. And there's an amazing amount of love in the street. Like, I can't tell you how many of my boys that I was like, yo, I'm in, like, I was gassed. I was like, yo, I'm interviewing Joseph Sikor. And they're like, what? I'm like Tommy. Tommy. Fuck out. Yeah, yeah. You fucking you talking to Tommy? <laughs> My dude, you talking to Tommy. Tell that. And then they use the N-word yeah, mm -hmm. to describe Tommy. Tell that N-word to I'm mm -hmm. like, you know he's white, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, can't be saying that. Like, and um, no, they're but, like, I can. Right, he can't. Exactly right. That's exactly well, I can. <laughs> but um, I mean, there's just so much respect. And and there is something, it's funny. Um, and I'll I'll share a story with you that I've been really shared, and I don't think with anyone. Um, Spike Lee had asked me to read for Malcolm X, me and my ex-partner. And we came in and we we were walking into a room uh, right on uh, right on uh, in Chelsea, where his studio was with Robert De Niro mm. in the same office. And uh, we come in and there's Samuel Jackson, um, not when he was Samuel Jackson, but early early Sam. And uh, we come in and we get the sides and uh, he had us reading for Malcolm X. And the part he wanted me to read for was prison guard number one and my old partner prison guard number two. 
And he wanted us to be the guys who beat up Malcolm in the jail. And um, my old partner, was he was down for it. And he's reading. And I'm like, yeah, no, nah, I can't do it. And um, Spike's trying to say it's acting. And I'm like, yeah, here it's acting. <clears throat> and um, in Hollywood, it's acting. In the hood, I'm going to beat a white devil that beat up Malcolm. Mm -hmm. And in the hood, I'm going to beat a white guy that beat up not only Malcolm, I'm going to beat up the white guy who beat up Denzel, Denzel Washington. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. And I said, yo, Spike, with all due respect, when was the last time somebody asked you to be a chauffeur in a movie? And he got real quiet. And I'm like, yeah, and that's what I thought. I said, I'm good. Mm -hmm. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So fast forward, you know, I think it was 99. He brought me back and he had me read for Bamboozled. Right. For 116. One back. Yeah. Yeah. And the one thing he said to me, he goes, you're too old for this. But I'm bringing you back because of what you did at Malcolm X. Like, you deserve this. Mm. Because you're going to have the scene that everybody talks about in, in the movie. You know, it's why don't you kill, kill? And at the premiere, I'll never forget this. I, I brought my whole family. Because I knew it was going to be the last movie I ever did. <clears throat> and I had my mom, may she rest in peace. My father, may he rest in peace. Whole family. And uh, we're coming out. Shoot me. Why don't you shoot me? I'm black. And the whole the scene, which was really amazing. <laughs> and most, And it was just an amazing scene. And I'm leaving. And as I'm leaving, Snoop walks over to me and Prodigy walks over to me. May rest in peace. Mm. And they both were like, yo, search, man. That was hard. That was hard as fuck, kid. That was hard as fuck. And I'm like, yes. Mm -hmm. Got him. Got him. That must be Tommy every day on every street and every borough that you walk on. Because there's so much cachet to your character and there's so much love for how you rep the hood but also how you rep the block right is there any part of that that comes from your experiences in chicago and your experiences in new york how I, much does, how i think much i think a lot of it does i think that one of the big things is that um in Chicago, I grew up with, basically, I grew up in what I say is the, the, the Bayside Queens of Chicago. So it was like, if you wanted trouble, you could, you'd, you'd have to look for it. It's not like I grew up in the hood at all. I grew up in a predominantly white, um, uh, blue collar and lower middle class neighborhood. Uh, and, but my father, who grew up, or not grew up, but who lived uh, in an area of Chicago called Auburn Grisham for years, um, had some families and friends down there. Now, Auburn Grisham is... Um, in Chicago, there are all black neighborhoods. That does not exist in New York, in any of the boroughs, not like Chicago. I'm talking about a mile in any direction, all black people. That when I was a little kid, it was more like, not a little kid, but you know what I mean, like teenager, like 14, 15, 16, like didn't have my man body going on yet. They'd let me walk through the hood because, you know, like who's this little white boy in the 
this is weird. Let's just let them walk through. And then when I, you know, was kind of became in the man thing, it was like, who's the police? The police, you know. And then in Chicago, everybody says, what you be about? So it'd be like, yeah, white boy, what you be about? And I know I'm a neutron, man. I'm just trying to walk to the bus. They're like, nah, man, you better hurry up, neutron. You better hurry up, blah, blah, blah. So it's like you had to mind your P's and Q's. But it was, I say that the luxury of me playing the Tommy uh, from Power uh, character, the big thing for me is that I had black people that loved me when I was a kid, you know, like a little baby till a man. And so there was that, like, I always knew that I'm white and they're black or whatever, whatever, like whenever that kind of comes into your mind. But I think that's different. You know, I, I, feel, I kept thinking the older and older and older I get, the less people that I ever met that had black people that loved them. So it was, it's an interesting thing. It's not like, oh, I love black culture. I love this. It's like, no, I love Momo and Nora Powell. You know what I mean? Like they love me. Right. And it's a different understanding of, I think, race and racially. I, I'm racially obsessed. I'm obsessed with race in a lot of ways. I think about it all the time and what it means and where you come from. And, you know, like, you know, I used to my and my opinion on race has changed throughout the years so much. Not not in terms of a 180 or ever, you know, like a uh, thinking of racism. I think that I think about race in a way of like. I thought I think about it different now than I did as a teenager. Like, oh well, when my I wonder what happened. Well, when I, my parents, you know, when my family came over from Poland and this, that, and the other thing, and it's just like, yeah, it's not the same. Like color, like you can see, and that's categorization. And and then you see the you know the institutionalized racism that happened. And uh, again, my 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 dad was. Uh, uh, part of Operation, he marched with Dr. King. He was part of Operation Breadbasket before it became Operation Push, and really worked for uh, what he saw as the marginalized people in his city. And and, uh, and I'm proud of that, you know. Yeah. But I, I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely always thinking about race. So I think a lot of that comes into question. And then moving to New York, you know, young in my uh, early 20s, and and just kind of observing, wow. New York is like, it's just, it, to me, it was just, you know, Chicago on steroids in a lot of ways and, and working and working and working and less hating of a town because Chicago can be a hating ass town. New York was just like, no, you can, you can make it. You could do it. You just got to work hard. Like, and people would literally say that young people, yo, keep doing it. Get out there, do it. Blah, blah, blah. Where Chicago can, can be like, nah, nah, nah. Like, like, look at Kanye, Kanye, people, we, as a Chicagoan, people hated on Common and Kanye for sure because they didn't mention Chicago enough. Yeah. Nah, forget. Nah, they're not even. A, they're not real Chicagoans. They're not like like repping. They have twisted, you know, twisters dope. But like you know, you know, whatever. So it, to me, it was like New York was this extra burst of of energy and acceptance, and seemed like Chicago. It fit in. It always felt calm. I tried to live in Los Angeles. It, it ate me alive. Like I literally have never been so low. And. I, I'm very, I'm very pro uh, uh, mental health, and I've always been um, very vocal about that. And I was, you know, the f only suicide thoughts in my head were when I was in Los Angeles. Um, if I didn't have a dog, I think I may have done it. Wow. Um, and I'm glad I get help now. I go see a therapist every week, but it's like you know, keeping myself in, in, in balance. And but New York is New York's my big brother. You know, New York has always loved me, and I, so I love New York back. And that's why I'm so grateful and proud and honored that New York has has accepted Tommy Egan as their native son. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's it's really very interesting, the similarities, because not only is my family from Poland, Ludge, mm. but my mother um, organized all of the Operation Breadbasket. Oh, Wuj. I was, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, here in New York. Wow. And, and she marched with King and Selma in 63. And so, yeah, so it's really, uh, it's it's very interesting 
You know, if you were Jewish, we'd probably be brothers from another mother. Lechayim. Yes, exactly, exactly right, man. Punchkis and all that good <laughs> yeah. shit. Um, the other thing I thought it was really interesting, there's one particular person that you say is your guy. It's Fat Joe. Why? Why is Fat Joe your guy? I love Fat Joe. He just He's open and honest. And he I think I love Fat Joe so much because Fat Joe always just seemed like Fat Joe. He's Fat Joe. Like, you don't meet a different person. You don't meet somebody who's trying to be like this way for this guy, this way for this guy. Also, he's a graffiti writer. And, right. it, and dope, man. Shout out to Tats yeah. Crew. Yeah. Tats Crew in the building, right? Tats Crew and my boy Eve Rivera, the director, who is also- uh, Amazing. Yeah, amazing. Amazing director and and uh, and a graffiti writer. Yep. And Bio and Nicer are so dope still and yep. such nice guys, man. BG, those that, that's a click right there. Tats sure. Crew is like any graffiti crew that still remains in contact, you want to emulate those guys to Have me. Have you gone to their backyard? You, yeah, okay. yeah, I painted that. I saw my Instagram. I put up a I did a power piece. It's uh, it's like a quick one, but it was like a half hour. And me and Eve were doing it, and I'm just doing. He's like, he's like, hey, he was, you know, sketching. He's doing all this. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, fuck that. I'm doing a straight letter, man. I'm doing a straight letter <laughs> with a three color fade. It shines. That's it. And I got mine done. It started raining. And he's like still working on it. I think Bio is trying to like help him. Build. <laughs> I'm like, come on, I'm like, forget this, man. I haven't painted in eight years. Let me get on this. Yeah, no, it's great. And um. The, the other thing I love about Joe, and, and I tell Joe this all the time, you know, Joe is who he is, unapologetically Joe, always. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of who you are. You're very unapologetically I'm you. a little more nervous. I'm shyer and more nervous than Joe. He's he's a, he's something in him is even just more self-actualized. He's a joy to be around. Um, And when you... And I was obviously my pivot was going to be a pivot. And now you just made me drop the ball. And now, you know, it's out of bounds. But uh, I was wondering if that was kind of that self-realization was what brought you into the room to read for Ozark. And because that character, I'm a big Ozark fan, like probably brilliant show. Great show. Great show. Um, and just working with Jason Bateman must have been amazing. And just that whole crew. But was that a different level for you're, you? You're going to like this story. Tell me. Tell me. Um, uh, one of the person who casts that is called uh, Alexa Fogel. Um, and she's an, uh, she's a really brilliant, uh, casting director for sure. Uh, but I had, you know, I had, had to read a couple of times for that role too. People, I think very much incorrectly assumed that I was just given that role. Like, oh, it's, Hey, it was in this lead series. She, 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 she literally didn't, had never watched power. I don't believe. And a lot of people kept calling it powers. And I, you know, mainly in the white community, I will say that like, it was just like a lot of white people. Were oh like, yeah. I, no, I like the I, powers. Yeah. I never, the powers yeah. is great. I like the powers. Which <laughs> never is heard your favorite it. episode. I like them all. <laughs> all of them. All, all of them. Yeah, they're all, they're all, all, they're all, all superheroes, the right? Powers, the powers. <laughs> I love the powers. The powers is great. Is that guy 50 cents is involved in that? Yeah. yeah. 50. Fitty, right? Fitty. Right, Fitty? How do you spell that? Fifty told me he's like the only people that call him Fitty are white people. Yeah, no, that's exactly <laughs> right. Yo, fifth. If you're really down, you call him fifth. And I don't really want to give that up because now there's a lot of white people that are listening that are going, wait, I gotta call him. Shit, fifth, I, gotta, I, should, I should call him or fifty or maybe perhaps listen. perhaps five, I guess, if Search we're really close. Podcast really gives me the appropriation <laughs> key. I'm getting the fucking key right here. Anyway, so I knew I knew that you had to to read for it to read audition yeah. and I get it but I had and I'm coming off you know power and many many hours behind the camera from that and and years I mean I've been doing this for years and years so I had who I thought I read for for Frank Jr and I thought you know I did all my homework since I got cast you got cast let me go do this um I show up on set we do one take 
and Bateman goes, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, um, hey, uh, buddy, uh, Joe, can I talk to you for a second? Just like, hey, what's up, Jason? He's like, he basically just told me, he's like, yeah, don't do it like that, do it like this. It was a little bit of humble pie, because I was like, nah, I got this, like, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. And, and, you I, and, not, brought, and you were far from good. And I, he told me a couple of small points, and he gave me an idea of who he thought the character was, which is not who I thought the character was when I auditioned or when I was in the room. And I thought in my to myself, self, this man has made this show. This is his show. This is not your. This is not power. This is his show. It's incredibly successful and is brilliant. Um, maybe we should just do what he says and see what happens. And I did, and it was the right choice. What I gotta know, what did you go into the character thinking the character was? Tougher than he was. I thought Frank Jr. had to be tougher because he was the boss's son and, and Jason's he says no no, that's the exact opposite. Yeah, he, because that's how it came across. Yeah. He came across that he was not he was not his boss's he was his son he was his father's son. He was his father's son, that's it. But he wasn't the boss's son. No, exactly. And then he gets tossed off the fucking boat. Off the boat. Needing the balls, off the boat. Amazing. Little Julia Garner. Amazing. She's fantastic, by the way. Yeah, Lovely. I mean, and there, there was, to me, the thing that I loved, and again, I, I, you know, you talk about being self-evolved, and I, I see three therapists. I tell people all the time, mm. when I, as a, as a Jewish kid from Queens, your bar mitzvah <laughs> present is therapy. <laughs> Mazel tov. His name is Doctor Spielman. You see him on Wednesdays. You know, that's kind of your bar mitzvah present. But um. I, I I knew very early on there's things that I could do and things that I can't do. And I knew I, I, I can't be an actor. Like, I just, you know, I'm sure if I really put my mind to it, I could, but I'm not an actor, you know? Um, Did a good job. No, yeah, but that's why I said I was one and done, right? Mm -hmm. Like, because I remembered getting a call to read for another very, very well-known director for another big film. And I, and I just, I, I wet the bed. Like it was just, it was, I couldn't do it. Um, even though they invited me to do the sh this role and invited me to like Italy for six months, wow. I was like, yeah, no, nah, I'm not doing it. I can't do it. Um, but you really, you're, see, it's not the strong who survives, it's the flexible, right? Mm. And in acting, there really needs to be a sense of flexibility with not only the role, but with the words and with the language and, and how you presented that. And it's very interesting when you said, you know, I went into Ozark thinking that the character was one thing and realizing it wasn't. And that sensibility really came in, especially when you were walking around on, on the riverboat, especially when there was the confrontations between Jason's character and your character mm -hmm. and his father. And, you know, it was, it was really, I got to tell you, man, I was really impressed with what you did on on powers, but um, <laughs> I was more impressed in your depth and your scope as an actor and what you did on Ozark. Oh, and, thanks, and, man! I appreciate not, that not, a ton, Serge. But I mean, now in my research and also kind of understanding who you are, there's a lot of like lyrical play that I watch when you do it now. Now that I understand who you are, and kind of understand, like when you're standing with her on the riverboat. Like I could see you almost like interpreting lyrics when you're about to spit game to her. Like, you know, and it really is like it comes across to me more than you're, you're spitting game to her or spitting game to your character. Mm. And now that you're going into your your own show now, you mm -hmm. know, you're getting your own spinoff. Um, I'm wondering how you're going to approach, you know, 
Tommy in this new show. It's so interesting you'd say that because I've always been a fan of rhythm. And how how does this character, what is the rhythm of this character? And sometimes that's helped me with different dialects. Um, one of which is like when, when I did the True Detective uh, thing, I was the, I don't know if you've seen that show, but it was like I played this biker with this huge long beard named Ginger. And the guy was from, supposed to be from East Texas. Right, like that one, Daria. So it, it was... Uh, it was an inch, but it was kind of the cadence and rhythm really informed who the character was. And I think with Tommy, it's it's interesting too because I know it's he's he's from Queens and and Southside Jamaica and stuff. But I have to say that the New York dialects that I was more influenced by were you know mainly these guys from uh, the Bronx from from uh, um, uh, uh, what you call it from uh, 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 Henry Chalfant's film. Um, yeah. So you're talking about you're talking about not um you, uh oh yeah 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 um oh, the graffiti movie yeah yeah I, yeah I not, not wild, wild style, style. Exactly. Right, no, <laughs> fuck you Tommy yeah. fuck you um no um Style Wars Style Wars Style Wars you know and I, there's there's times where Tommy was like I was like oh man I I would improv things but improv lines where I would steal them straight from literally this is in power that I would steal from scene when I was like it wasn't really never really. And I like Tommy's actually said that on there. Like, I'm bits. What do you mean, bits? Little doodads here and there. Like, there's like little like bits that I was just like, yo, but it was like kind of these. Like, we don't bomb the system. We ought to. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm yeah, yeah. I'm not here trying to run the system. I'm here to bomb the system. Right. You know, scheme and And you know who that is? Scheme. Who said that? DJ K Slay. Des Des. Yeah. Drama King. Yeah, Drama King. Des one. Uh, that's my guy, man. No, that's my guy. Hold on. Okay. We're going to have to get him on the phone right now. All right. Yeah, no, no, so he, he's, he's your guy, but I'll tell you what. I'm, I'm going to see him tomorrow. Really? What are you seeing the case of for? We got a little project we got going on. Oh, no. You got it. What are you talking about? What kind of project? I guess I can't do it till the search says so. Let's let's see what he has to say. Oh, hold on. Let me get him on the phone. This fuck Because I just did 200 MCs for him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. so I just did that. Hold on. Let me get him on the phone. I got I to gotta FaceTime him right now. He's the only one who could get that done. I mean, how crazy was that? Well, first of all, the 100 MCs was crazy. Yeah. But now he's got 200. Wait till you 200, see my, my, unbelievable. My part is, I'm really happy with my part. Hold on. Let me, I'm going to put him on. He doesn't like the FaceTime. He's one of these dudes. I don't know if you know. He's like the only one then. But he's the one who says, yo, dudes can't be FaceTiming other dudes. Like he's, <laughs> he's like on that shit. He's like, dudes can't FaceTime other dudes. He won't pick up. I promise. If Oh, he did. Unbelievable. Slay. Drama King. Yeah, I got I got your man right here. Hold on. Your, your homeboy's right here. I'm trying to get information from him. Can you see who that is? Can you see who that is? What up, Slay? So listen, so so listen, listen, listen. So he's saying that he's doing something with you tomorrow, but he's he's sworn to secrecy, and I, I, I need to know what it is, brother. So if if you're the only person that can tell us what it is, I need to know what it is. And why can yo, let me see your fucking face. Why I only can see your Kazalis and your bald head. Pull pull the thing down. Oh man, come on, stop with that bullshit, man. It's just us dudes, man, and four four million people that are watching my podcast. What do you, what what so what project are you doing with Tommy from Powers? Um, we're doing a remake of the Little Rascals. <laughs> You're fucking lying. Come on, stop lying. What are you doing? Like I'm gonna play Stein and he's gonna be spanky. That's right. Is that for real? I'm Wait spanky. a minute, hold on, hold on. Is that for real? He keeps making fun of me because I'm eating too much uh, Mr. Chow's and I'm I'm gonna be this I'm spanky character. <laughs> 
Is hey, this? Yo, yes. What is it? What is it, brother? Yo, yes, sir. Yeah, nah, but dude, Des, listen to me, Des One. Listen to me. Check it out real quick, Des One. You know how far we go back. We were just talking about Wildstyle, and he was talking about how he stole your whole flow in half his, his whole script for um Powers. You know how Style his white Wars. people say Powers. He took your whole shit from Style Wars for Powers. Um, no, you crazy. I'm so happy that this is going on, though. You have no idea. Like, I'm so excited that you guys are doing this project together, bro. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's, it's something dope, man, and people are going to enjoy it. And I, I think it'll be more effective if they've seen it before they knew what was going on. But you know what? Uh, Joseph is my dude, so if he want to tell you, he can tell you. Okay, you heard you heard him, right? Joe, right heard listen, him. man. That's, that's he, all... said, he said, yo, Des One said, a.k.a. K. Slade the Drama King, a.k.a. Dezer, said that if you want to tell us on Search Says, you could tell us. All right, man. All right, the, go get your shape if up. If the boss says it's good, I'm good with it then. All right. Kay, I love you, King. I'll talk to you later. All right. All right. So so what is this project you're doing with Kay Slay? Um, he's uh, We're putting together. It's uh, him and uh, Millie's from uh, Massachusetts, rapper. He Yeah, Millie together. Banks. He's, Shout out he, to Millie Banks. He's dope, man. That, that, nah, talking that about is... Kay with bars, forget it. He's bars. Second. Are you up on OT The Real, too, from Philly? Mm-mm. What? No, I got to get down. Get me down. I can't be everywhere at once, Serge. Help me out. Dude, got it. OT the real is, he's, anyway, I like Millie Banks. So anyway, go so, ahead. So uh, um, me and Blanco are going to get up and he's, I mean, it's, it's Millie, it's Millie and Casey's song, but I'm, I'm going to jump, jump in. I'm going to do, hit my 16 bars and I got, I haven't written words and lyrics in forever. What? Yeah. So I was like, let me, let me oh my. get down. Wait a minute. Hold on. Let me put a beat on. I need to hear some bars. Have you been practicing? Well, I got. I'm, I mean, yeah, but I'm. I don't want to. No, no. I don't. Don't. Don't put Come me on, on blast man. right Come now. On. No, it's first of all, it's never on blast. All right. It's on. It's on. Really like this. It's yeah. on peace. Wow. I'm. That's great. I'm so happy for you, man. It's like, did you ever? Did you break dance? I was never very good, but I mean, I. I used to. I used to. Uh, I used to MC a, a decent amount, man. Do the open mic contest in Chicago. Uh, I, yeah, we would go all over, South Side, North Side. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, I mean what MC, was your MC name? Same as my graffiti name. Really? So it's same thing. So, mm-hmm. well, that's good. That's good. I mean, at least at least it's consistent, which I like. Um, we so, got this. I got to see MC Juice uh, freestyle once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was dope. Yeah, man. nah, he's a monster. Yeah, talk about a street sweeper. Poof, yeah. forget it. Yeah. Incredible. It was incredible. But we had a lot of guys. I mean, did a lot of cool. You know, you know Freddie Rodriguez, the actor. Yeah, Freddie was a dope MC too. Really incredible. Really good. Yeah. So, are you ramen as Tommy? Yeah. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah, I, as Tommy, totally Tommy persona, which would be different, obviously, than how I would normally so sound. But Queen's accent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
How much time did you put into this? Uh, I just, I mean, just a couple of hours. I didn't want to overdo it. And I figured like if something's sloppy or something like that, I got some good guys to help shape it up a little bit. It's only 16 bars. No, I know. So, did, so you're going into the studio, obviously, and this is happening tomorrow. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> you coming through? I, you know what? I wish I could. I'm on a plane. My, mm. So I'm in town. The reason I'm in town is my daughter's getting a billboard on Times Square. Oh, she's unbelievable. She's, yeah, she's in a rock band called Pom Pom Squad. Wow. And her- Congratulations, yeah, bro. Yeah, so Spotify identified her as the artist to watch. I went to school with a lot of dudes that are like, you know, and I found out that a lot of guys that wrote actually went to work for the MTA. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And they all are retiring, and they're retiring, and they all have their subway keys. So what do they do with the keys? They go underneath the ground, and they start bombing again. Wow. So they literally made a life working for the MTA, and then got through the MTA, and now are out in the street, and they're bombing. One of the best things I ever seen was this random bubble down, I think it was in the, 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 uh, the six um, tunnels. But it had this, it was just a random bubble, no, not signed by anybody, but obviously an old writer that said, hey, kids, or hey, don't bother. Uh, whatever you're going to do was done better by a 16-year-old in 1980 that was high on uh, uh, angel dust. Right. <laughs> then Smoking you're going to do right here. Don't right. even bother. I was like, well, the, I had to do the a big The Brooklyn guy. Marriott that I'm staying at right now, shout out to the Brooklyn Marriott, has a, has a canvas that says, you know, Brooklyn. Mm. And it. There's people that tagged all over it, and I, I gonna grab a sharpie, catch a tag before I go up to see my wife in a room. Got to do it. Um, you also got another project coming up that I was watching on your Instagram. It's Fear. like yeah. the movie Fear. Yeah, yeah, I did it with Dion Taylor. Dion Taylor, Roxanne Advent, um, Hidden Empire Film Group. They also did you know Black and Blue, The Intruder that I was also in with Michael Ely and and uh, Megan Good right. and uh, Dennis Quaid, obviously. Um, and Dion's done a ton of films. He also directed the finale of the uh, Tommy of the the Force Show. Right. Um, he's an amazing director. He's from Gary, Indiana originally. The, he and his wife live on the West Coast now, but he's in, amazing. And we did this film for not much money, and it's me and uh, King Batch and Ti. Ruby Modine, who's fantastic, Annie Alonza, um, uh, Ido Goldberg, who's on from Snowpiercer and Peaky Blinders and all this stuff. Um, uh, he's part of the tribe. Yes, he is. Uh, and he, and I will say this: Peaky Blinders is the one show where I shout out my, one of my business partners is a guy named Tom Wheelie. Shout out to him; he's from London. And I, it's the only time I get my Cockney right is when I say. Courtesy of the Peaky Blinders, when you know, because they cut everybody. That's the only time I get it right, and I can I can call them and say, "Hey, I'm gonna be delivering the MF Doom episode." Courtesy of the Peaky Blinders. He's like, "Oh, that's really good." Like, you know. So anyway, that's amazing. So when does that try? That's coming out uh, on Valentine's Day, February fourteenth. Wow. It's going to be great. It's going to be, it's really great because it's all, it talks about the pandemic, but it doesn't necessarily say what, you know, not because we had, we had the COVID and then we had the COVID, the Delta uh, variant, and then you have this variant, that variant. So we're in the midst of yet another fucking yeah. variant where these people are over this bullshit and uh, it's still very real. So it's, it's crazy. So it's a thriller, but then it also, we are at this weird uh, mansion uh, lodge up in Lake Tahoe and some weird, freaky shit is happening and then we're getting uh notifications on the television about the uh the the uh 
the COVID, the next version of the COVID that's coming in, and some freaky shit starts happening. So um, it, check it out. It's, it's going to be big. Yeah, no, nah, I think anything that you do is going to be big, man. I just think that you've created such a following for yourself, man. And and I think it comes to a lot of this authenticity of who you are. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, you know, there's certain people that have separation from their characters, right? And then there's some people that you just love them because they're who they are. Mm-hmm. And the, not only who they are, but they're who you think they are. Mm-hmm. And that's you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you really are the person that we think you are. You know, you're kind, you're you're on point like a sniper, you're up and down like six o'clock, and there's no facade with you, you know, and it's really a beautiful thing to kind of, to be in the same room with you, to kind of talk to you, to break bread with you, and um, man, I just, I really want the best for you, the best for your wife, more success. Your brother Albin's a genius. Yeah, thanks, um, sir. Shout out to Albin. Shout out to Albin. Um, thank you for setting this all up, and we're going to be sending you some Manscaped gifts. We got some <laughs> Bruetta tea we're going to send to you and your wife. Have you seen any episodes of, of BMF? Yeah, I think it's dope. It's it's, it's really it's really amazing. I think Raising Canaan though, that's my super jam though. Is Yo, the, is amazing because they did an amazing job getting nineteen nineties so right, like without overdoing it. Yeah, and I think Joey Badass is next level. Amazing, he's he, amazing. He's killing it. He's yeah. killing it. Patina's great. Joey yeah. Badass, Makai, fantastic. But Joey Badass, man, when I first met him, I said that's probably some, something maybe that I wouldn't have wanted to hear necessarily. He took it like a champ. I was like, yeah, I wasn't sure about the character at first, Joey. I wasn't sure. Did you see him in Mr. Robot with uh, Rami? Yeah, Robert? which was I mean, such a t- totally different. Yeah, role. but I mean, he's an actor. He's an ex- excellent actor. But the thing was, is that the whole you know he was doing you know, I don't know rock. But I said, yo, that you made that choice and you never varied from it. Right. Because a good friend of mine, I'll just say it, David Schwimmer, when uh uh when I was doing Tommy, believe it or not, David Schwimmer said to me, he goes, look, look, everybody else, congratulations, you finally got something. And Schwimmer says, all right, now you got to do the work because if you're not the same guy. In the first take of the first episode, whether that show goes one episode or a year or 10 years, if you change at all from the guy that you show up with, the audience will turn on you and they won't even know why. And he's right. That's why Tommy was always Tommy. Always. That's a beautiful, you know, shout out to Schwimmer. Thank you, David, for uh, for for setting my man right. Yeah. That's amazing, bro. Great story, and he's a Chicago guy. So yeah, well, he's from. He was uh, born in uh, Flushing, mm-hmm. and then uh, raised out in L.A. Really, and then Chicago for a long time. He was out. He, I mean, Chicago loves claiming him, but right. I don't know if he claimed Chicago back totally. But his his theater company's there. I worked with his theater company a bunch of times. Okay, so that's probably also the relationship. How did you meet David Schwimmer? Uh, I was doing a play called Hard Times and uh, playing this little English fella. Um, uh, and uh, he he was he thought he was like man there's had free goes first I thought you were English you know and 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 then I was like oh, well that's a compliment but I think that a lot of actors don't know the difference between different English dialects so like especially at the time this is like before Game of Thrones and all that stuff so I mean if you're doing a kind of an RP just like a regular English that you do that would be the received pronunciation the Queen's English type thing is very different from like if you're going up north and you're doing a northern style thing what would be like a little bit of like Mancunian or whatever they definitely have that you know northern thing where you don't do the a type thing or then um you know then that, that, I, my welsh is terrible these days but that is you know i don't know what the problem was i went down to the common for a bit of cock <laughs> yo uh, you just went into that is amazing i i'm terrible i'm terrible 
Like I'm the dude that I'm literally the slap in the bass dude. Like slap in the bass. You know? <laughs> like I, I'm terrible. I back in the day, I used to date a, a Caribbean girl. Um, and like I would definitely like be absorbed with her family, Enoch's tales and all that. Mm-hmm. Like I would try my best to impress girls by saying, you know, me a Yankee not a yardie, you know, star. <laughs> Where I'm gonna come from, you know, you know, and, I, and, and, and like I would get the side eye from chicks, and then like I'd be like, "Nah, I don't you don't want to just stop doing that?" And then my wife really was just like, "Michael, just stop, just, <laughs> please stop. You're embarrassing the entire family. Just, please stop." But I mean, was that something also that came naturally to you, dialect and just picking up dialect? I think it was always interesting that when my grandmother spoke Polish, I was always so fascinated by it. And I never learned the language, you know, fluently at all. I mean, I got thousands of words. My my wife is a fluent Polish speaker, but that was her first language. And I think there was something to that of like mimicking that. And then also we had a lot of people from Ireland in the neighborhood where I grew up whose parents were from different places in Ireland. And just the people that had that, you know, real like Dublin-y style they had was totally different to my ears than the people who were from like out in the country and had the country thing or like you know the cork and kerry was you know you could hear the difference of like you know the granny creaser with the teasers under her skirt or then you know uh, northern people like i took your picture and i fucking pissed on it but that'd be somebody from like the way in north of ireland <laughs> like it was just kind of the different rhythms and intonations that they'd have in their you know you know and that comes going back down. to also your rhythm also and yeah. how you pick up rhythms so, and, so i was always well. interested in that stuff now i'm not saying i'm perfect or a genius but i can learn you know my got a good ear for for that stuff too whereas like tommy was an interesting thing too because it's like it's a it's 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 more it's not just a new york accent it's a calibration of like new york but like where are those influences coming from like it coming from uh black culture and him being surrounded by what what that would means but it's like also you come home you know what I mean? You don't spend a hundred percent of your time in the street. It had to. It couldn't. You couldn't front. Tommy had to be relatively perfect for people to be like, "All right, I believe him." Yeah, and and trust me, they do. I, I'm now kind of. I gotta. I and and if you want to tell me, mind my business. I'm mind my business. How'd you meet your wife? Uh, she in the in the business. <laughs> So she's she's in the business. Yeah, yeah. Is she an agent. She's she, a manager. She she's a, a um a, she's a makeup artist. Oh wow! So was she doing your makeup? Mm-hmm. Yeah, on a uh, uh, Boardwalk Empire. Okay, okay. Oh, I love that show. Like yeah. I was just just remembering when you were on that show. Yeah, just, scumbag. Yeah, Michael K. Williams. May he rest in peace. Rest, rest in peace. He was a really nice guy. I actually got to hang out with him a few times when we were both down in uh, New Orleans doing some some work. And I did him. And then also when I was in uh, Lafayette, I was on that show Underground uh, mm-hmm. about the escaped slaves yeah, for a little yeah. bit. I played this crazy, weird character named Frog Jack, who I loved. But a f- real quick, funny story about uh, um, uh, Boardwalk Empire was we did that scene with that little girl and uh, I slapped uh, uh, I slapped my wife, Go get, get in there and then. Uh, the little girl, I say, eat your food, and I made this, ma- you know, mean face, and she was like, "Mama," and like, ah, and then she starts crying so hard, and Scorsese is like, "Cut," and he's like, "This," he's like, "Hey," he's like, "Hey, uh, Joe, Joseph, hey, come here." I was like, "Oh, fuck," and he seemed mad. He's like, "Okay, um, we're going to hell, but you got to do that again." <laughs> <laughs> and 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 so, how do you ro- how do you romanticize that? To picking up the girl that's doing your makeup after you slept. 
Like, yeah, I, I know. can't be like, all right, cut. So uh, would you like to get to it, it, dinner? Ex- no, maniac. Exactly, exactly. You just slapped a six-year-old. Like, I'm not going to dinner with you, you well, fucking maniac. To me, I say, I, I put the blame on her. I'm like, she's like <laughs> the, the wife beater. That, that's my guy right there. That's that's my man. Like, <laughs> so I, just, I just remember there were certain points in, in like in my life. Well, my wife's been with me, you know, literally before third base. Like she's been together 33 years. But before <laughs> I can't believe I'm telling you this. So before like I even met my wife, I was in a battle, a rap battle, and I was kicking it to this Dominican girl. And I said something like off the top of my head, because that was the one thing I had over everybody battling in like the eighties in New York. It's like most battle MCs didn't rhyme off the top of their head. Mm-hmm. Like that's how I got my edge, is being like this white boy that was like really nice. Um, I had said something so vicious to this dude that I was battling in Vandermeer Projects that she was like, Yeah, I can't date you. Like she literally was like, Yeah, if you think like that, I can't bring you around my mother. <laughs> and like literally she like mashed out and that was it. Like I was like, No, 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 but that was battling. I don't, yeah. That's not me. You know me. I brought you I brought you to my mother's house for shoppers. Like that's not me. Don't think that where are you going? Why are you talking to him now? Yeah. You know, so it's like I just I can't imagine, you know, there's just certain things that and look, I know it's acting and I'm sure she had but it's just that's i remember that scene like it was yesterday like and it's just i think that's the impact that you have as an actor you know and mm. i think it's just kudos to you and and your conviction to what you do because those scenes are I, I, they're vivid they just stay there's certain things that just stay in my mind and um man i you know i, I say this to a lot of people that do our show like i'm 10 years old and 54 and mm. um you know, at this point in my life, the most valuable commodity I have is time. Like, I don't like, I don't waste time with anybody. And doing this podcast is about, you know, capturing a moment in time with people, right? Because your time is just as valuable as mine. You could be hanging with your wife. You could be reading a script. You could be talking to... You could be doing She's on set. Right. Okay, well, <laughs> I didn't know that. You could be hanging out with Fat Joe. You could be That's hanging right. out with Kay Slate. Mm-hmm. You could be bombing the six train right now. <laughs> yeah. You could be doing a million things. But you hear... And you're talking to me and you're talking to our audience. And I just, I appreciate it. I just want to let you know, thank you. Search, as, thank a, you. as a fan, man, one of my biggest, this is like such a delight as somebody that I, I feel like, you know, I don't know how many people tell you this and get to tell you this, but like I, I can remember having the Cactus album on my Walkman and being and and truly and bombing with that album on there and like what an influence you were for me. And also that I, I wasn't like, you know, um, uh, black cat is bad luck. Black, bad guys wear black. It must have been a white guy that started all that. And to say, I'm not like these other people. Just because I look that we all, you know, white people are white people. I It was l- lyrics like that and people like you that said, we don't have to be like them. We're not like them. Right. We're, we're, we're part of this. Yeah, and you are definitely part of this. Thank you, Joe Sikora. Uh Tommy, he's got his new show coming, Power 4. Uh, plus he's got a, a film, the force and, uh, listen, you got to support this dude because he supports the culture from breakdancing to graffiti to rhyming with Millie bangs on a case. <laughs> you heard it here first fuckers. Don't get it fucked up. This search says podcast it is not a game. people. <laughs>